want to ask you guys in the booth, put one thing up on the screen if you would for me. I'm sorry I didn't tell you beforehand. Put it up there and just leave it up there. And it's ask a question. Are you one of the two? T-W-O. Are you one of the two? You all got that? These guys are pretty good, aren't you? They're pretty good. We are, we are reaching a time in the Scripture, and, and of course he said something just now that caught uh, my ears just a little bit there, talking about his life was probably half over, he'd gone through half of it or something like that. Uh, yes and no. You know, even, I don't know how old he is, what are you, 29? Huh? 52. Uh, well, uh, if the Lord comes back today, that still doesn't mean your life's over. It's just going to be extended. So uh, we, don't, we don't count it like that. I'm thankful this morning that uh, we realize and we know what's going to happen when this life is over with. You say, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm sure one thing's going to happen. Jesus is coming back, and he's going to rapture his church out when he comes back, and we're going with him for seven years, and then we're going to come back to this earth for a thousand years, and then we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, and I don't care whether I'm stationed in the new heaven or the new earth. I kind of have an idea that whichever one I'm in, I can come over in the other one and visit you if you're in the other one. I don't think we're going to be confined to our quarters up there, but you know, for 1,000 years while we're here, while we're here, we're going to get to see some things probably we didn't get to see while we was living. I don't know whether you're going to get that building finished before the Lord comes back or not. If you don't, you can work on it during the millennial reign if you want to, but you're probably not going to need it. But, you know, we talk kind of foolish about things like this, but I can tell you right now, some things are in plan from God that we can't even think or imagine that are going to happen, but it's all going to be for the good. Brother Hatcher over here says he wants to see the Grand Canyon. He's never seen it. It'll still be there when you come back. Am I right or wrong? It'll still be there. You can go see it then. Uh, it, it is a pretty good hole in the ground, I'll tell you that right now. But we have got something to do before we get there. And I want to read a scripture to you this morning, if you would, and pray for me for just a few minutes. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you anyway right quick. Jesus' words, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. You, you got that, didn't you? That if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There am I in the midst of them. The body of Christ is a very unique organization. We used to call it an institution. I really don't like that word in one sense because that kind of implies we were kind of nutty and we've been put in some kind of place to heal up or get better. I just like to call it a divine organization 
that Christ organized when he went up in the mountain and called unto him his disciples and said, you know, you know the story, upon this rock I'll build my church when he was talking to Peter. Paul goes ahead and compares this body of Christ to a human body. Each part has a specific function that is necessary to the body as a whole. I'll come to this in a minute and come back to the, to the Scripture. Don't worry. The parts are different for a purpose, and in their difference, their differences must work together, and in them differences must work together. My body this morning is a unique object in that it has parts that help other parts. My right hand will come to the help of my left hand to the defense of it if this hand gets in trouble. I, I automatically grab for this one. If, if my feet need to take me somewhere out of danger, my feet go to work and take me there. The left one doesn't say I'm not going to coordinate with the right one. It goes along with both and we go along together. We get there together. If the body is malfunctioning, we may have some problems there and it doesn't work that way. But thanks be to God, today Christians are, are, are put together so that the Lord can use us to work one with another, to supply the needs one with another, that every joint in the body supplied. Now, Brother George had a lesson this morning to uh, the, uh, can I say the old folks over here? The old adults, the mature adults, the smart adults. Thank you. I th figured I'd get it right there in a minute. And he had it, he had it, you can't talk, shut up. He, he had, he had a, a lesson over there on the need and the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Now that was a wonderful lesson because without him, our power is totally shot. We have none. And so with him, we are able to do all things that he has commanded us to do if if we have every joint supplying, because this arm cannot operate good if the blood supply is cut off, neither can my feet or my legs. I have to have everything working right for this body to work right. And so the church runs into the same system. We must supply every joint, and we must be in our place exactly like the Lord wants us to. But we must avoid two common errors. And I'm going to tell you those errors right here. Number one, being too proud of our abilities. Can anybody say amen or oh me? Being too proud of our abilities. Oh, I can do this and I can do that. I can play that piano better than D. Tweety can play it. I can sing better than so-and-so can sing. And I can teach better than George can teach. And I can do this better. You can't. So I don't care how good you are at whatever you are doing. There is always somebody else better than you are. Better than I am. And I'm preaching to Wayne too this morning. Because we, we can never get exalted in ourselves to the point that we feel like we have got this position locked. You know, God has everything set up like he wants it set up. Number two is thinking they have nothing to give to the body of believers. 
Some people sell themselves short. They feel like, I cannot do this, I cannot do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. I said years ago, can'ts a coward and too lazy to try. So if you said I can't do something, forget it. <laughs> we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If we're saying I can't in the church, it's because we are not trusting in the right person to get the strength and the power to do it. I say, find us two or three people this morning that can hold on to God long enough to get a prayer answered that we need to have answered. God, help us today. I'm asking the question, are you going to be one of the two? Am I going to be one of the two? Just one or two of us, two of us, agree as touching one thing, and we can get it done. You say, I don't believe that. That's why we're not getting it done. That's exactly why we're not getting it done. The church is composed of many types of people from a variety of backgrounds. They have many gifts and abilities. If the leadership of the Holy Ghost is not submitted to, these gifts can divide a congregation. I need to go through that again, I see right now. With our abilities and our gifts and what we have been given, Talents that we have been given, if we don't work them according to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Ghost, they will divide instead of unite. I say, God, help us this morning. There may be times that the right hand has to defer to the left hand or the right foot has to defer to the left foot. You know what it is. You're going through it right there now. And that's the same as the body of Christ. But there's some things this morning that we may have to give on a little bit to get something else to work. Brother Bobby, you know what I'm talking about. And I'll tell you right now this morning, I believe it's time for the church to wake up, realize who we are, what we are, what we're here for, why we've been created, why we've been put here, why we've been given the Spirit of God, why we've been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, and get on our knees before God and say, Lord, move us just a little bit closer to you than we have ever been before in our lives. True Christ-like members of the body will sometimes sacrifice, i got to hit them a note, themselves for the growth of the church. Thinking that our gift or my gift is more important than yours is spiritual pride. We should never think that we have a lock on any part of the operation of the church. We are workers together, workers together with the Lord and for the Lord and must demonstrate that trait in order for the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit to operate. The world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is waiting for it. You know, I've been in this thing a long time. I've retired three or four times. I've looked around and I've seen a lot of things change. We've gone from singing out of our blue book hymnals to singing off the wall. We've gone from sitting in pews in the church to sitting in chairs. 
But let me tell you something. The physical outlay of the church should not have anything to do with the spiritual side of it. We should still have enough of the glory of God in us that the power of God can come down in our midst and move within us and, and anoint us once in a while with the mighty Spirit of God that could stir us up and move us out of our seats a little bit once in a while. We are so glued to where we sit. Sometimes it would almost take an earthquake to move us. We come to church, we rear back and we sit back, and the preacher gets up and we say, I dare you to provoke me and make me move. I dare you to make me raise my hands and praise the Lord. Every once in a while, we should give God the glory. Can I get an amen on that? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, good will toward men. You say it ain't Christmas time. Every day of the year, Joe, is Christmas time. We got this bunch of nuts running around in the United States telling me they don't know what's what. They don't know whether they're a boy or the girl. All they got to do is look in the underwear and they can tell. I don't know what in the world is going on in this country. I know who I was created in the image of. He created us male and female. He created us that way, and we're supposed to serve him in the beauty of holiness. I'm not somebody this morning that feels like I've got a lock on anything. I don't feel like I can do anything. I'm totally helpless without God this morning, but I'm looking for somebody for me and somebody, or for you and somebody, to be one of the two, and two of the two, and get on our knees and pray to God, and get something moving. The wheelchair, hallelujah, needs to move out of here. The man needs to walk out of here. What is wrong with us, church? Hallelujah. I'm saying this morning it's time for us to realize who we are and what we are put here for. God is looking for people that will move upon this earth enough to get on their face before God and cry to Him for not only salvation, but to put it into operation once we get there. Our people are suffering. Our people are being sick. Our people are dying with cancer, with heart disease, with Alzheimer's, with all of this. You say, but that's just the way God's got it all planned. My Bible doesn't say that. It said that Jesus arose from the dead. It said that God the Father raised him up. It also says that God the Father anointed him with the Holy Ghost, and that he went about everywhere healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. Not healing part of them, but healing all of them. Healing all of them. Are you going to be one of the two? Are you going to help me? Are you going to help somebody else? Are we going to be just two of us? My goodness, my Lord, have mercy. Out of this congregation this morning, there should be two or three people in here that could agree. He said, if three of you are gathered together in my name, 
Brother Jeff, he said, there am I in the midst. You're going to be one of the two. We're going to believe. We're going to believe that God is going to answer prayer, that prayers are going to be answered, that needs are going to be met. Only two-thirds, two out of the three has got to believe. Am I right or wrong? Am I reading the scripture wrong? Two out of three is going to believe that prayers are going to be answered and needs are going to be met. I'm tired of struggling around with a second-class religion. Sister Ashley, I want to see God work. I want to see him fill up your room with kids. I want to see kids walk out of there knowing they've been with the Lord, knowing they've had pleasure with the Lord. I want to see your music prosper to the point that it'll move upon people's hearts and souls. Not my preaching, but your music. I defer to that. I defer to that. I defer to God blessing any way he can. However he has to bless, give us men and women that will submit to him and submit to the presence of God and the glory of God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Glory to God. I kind of halfway feel like preaching. I know my time is going, but I can tell you right now this morning, folks, we need God and we need the presence of the Almighty God. Let me read you something. Maintaining doctrinal purity is good. Someone else wrote this. I did it. The other part is mine. But it's not the whole picture for a New Testament church. The apostles wanted to do much more than simply hold the fort, as the old gospel song says. They God to empower them to move out and impact an entire culture. We'll go to the state convention in a little over a week week and a half, and I will guarantee this statement will be made more than one time by people when you shake hands with them. How's your church doing? Well, we're still holding on. That is not what Jesus wanted. Well, we haven't gone back any. We still... Come on, quit making the lame excuses over that. It's God's will for us to reach out and harvest the world. And all it takes is two or three of us getting together and getting him in the midst and believing when we get there that something is going to happen. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. We've got the harvest. We've preached for years, and I've done it myself. I'll take blame for it. Brother Steve, I preach, Lord, send us people. The people are there. We just got to get the people. We look around and we look around and look around. Well, I don't know whether we're going to get anybody else or not. I don't know. We need this. We need that. We need the other. We need Jesus Christ and him crucified, and we need the power of God preached somewhere in our churches worldwide this morning. I tell you what, right now, I'm blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And there ain't no bind, there ain't no chain, there ain't no sin, there ain't nothing like that that can hold me down because I've been freed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
and I'm walking for him this morning, not for Satan. This same person went on to say in too many places where the Bible is being thumped and doctrine is being argued until three in the morning, the spirit of that doctrine is missing. William Law, who was an an English devotional writer in the early 1700s wrote these words, quote, Read whatever chapter of Scripture you will and be ever so delighted with it. Yet it will leave you as poor, as empty, and unchanged as it found you unless it has turned you wholly and solely to the Spirit of God and brought you into full union with and dependence upon Him. Read the Bible. Oh, pastor, I've read the Bible through three or four times. That don't tell me you're living it. That don't tell me that you're doing exactly what it says do. That just tells me what you know. The devil can read it. In fact, he already knows it. Say, well, you are you knocking reading the Bible? No, 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 no. I'm talking about read it. But then if we don't change by reading it, it's not in good to us at all. We haven't done anything. Brother Ken, we've got to have a change take place when we read the Word of God. I went round and round with this guy years ago. Coming to church, we was over yonder somewhere in one of them them other places. He don't know what I'm going to tell it's not bad, Brother Ken. I don't know anything bad on you. I ain't going to ask your wife. <laughs> but I said something to them. They'd been coming to church, you know, just faithful as they could be, doing everything, paying tithes. Oh, did I say paying tithes? You mean we believe in that too? Yeah, <laughs> didn't that come in good? <laughs> that's so easy to get in there. Doing all that, I said something to him one Sunday morning. I think it was on an Easter Sunday morning, by the way, that I said something. We was going up the steps over there. I still remember where and everything, going up them steps to get up in the sanctuary in the old, old building. And I said something to you in that little hallway right in that little room about joining the church. You said, Brother Murphy, I just don't feel like I'm good enough to join the church. You remember saying that? More than one time probably you said, I just don't feel like I'm good enough to join the church. I'm not worthy to join. The Bible says after we've done all that we know to do, we are still unprofitable servants. I'm not worthy to be standing right here this morning. I'm not worthy to be reading that book. I'm not worthy to be saved. You are not. I'm not. I haven't done anything to be worthy of that. And I looked at you and I said, that's the kind of people we want. These are the ones that don't feel like they're worthy. You see, you hadn't let something pried up in you. You get too big. When, and I know this is not popular preaching this morning. You're probably glad my time is getting short, aren't you? Because I'm, t- I'm a mean preacher. I don't mind telling you that. I'm a mean preacher. Waylene, you miss saying amen. 
I guess you're going to be walking two walkers up front. <laughs> but it's, it's a shame that we're still eating sauerkraut and cabbage and broccoli when we could be eating steak and potatoes and a good salad with French dressing on top of it. And that's just about what we're doing within the body of Christ. We eat anything we can get our hands on, have junk food, and our bodies could be spiritual bodies I'm talking about. Could be, I mean, anybody can eat sauerkraut, could eat anything. That's rotten cabbage. I mean, anybody eats that stuff can eat anything. But I'm talking about getting some good food for our spiritual body. We need to grow spiritually, church. I need to grow spiritually. I need to make sure that Wayne is crucified and I don't feel like I can preach better, sing better, run better, whatever better than anybody else, that I defer to Gary or, to, uh, or to anybody, Roger, anybody else in here, that I defer to them more than myself. We cannot, we cannot become so wrapped up in self that we forget others. We can go back to the old poem, or oh, it's a song, by the way. I've got the words to the thing. I don't know the tune to it. But it says, others, Lord, others. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer will be for others. Can we say that this morning, that our prayer is for others instead of ourselves. And at the end of that prayer, say, oh, Lord, P.S., I want to put this on there. Please, please, Lord, I need you for this, that, or the other. I need you, Lord. But it, it, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to wrap up within ourselves. Think about for a moment God reaching out to us. If ever there was a reach, that was it. The holy, pure deity extending himself to us who were soiled, evil-hearted, unholy. God could have said, you're so different from me, so distasteful, I would rather not get too close to you. I guess it's all right, Lord. We as Christians often hesitate sometime to reach out to those who are different. They want God to clean the fish before they catch them. If someone's gold ring is attached to an unusual body part, or if the person doesn't smell the best, if the skin color's not the same, some people tend to hesitate. But God didn't hesitate. He reached out. He reached out. He didn't say that. It was our very differences that drew his hand of love. And let me tell you this. Jesus didn't just speak the healing word to lepers from a distance of 30 yards. He touched them. He touched them. Can we touch? Can we touch the world with enough power this morning? Can two of us together reach out and touch the world 
with enough power today that they will feel God in us. You say, I don't even believe in that kind of stuff. I do. I believe people can detect God in your voice, in your movement, in your actions, and most of all, maybe in your conversation. And conversation doesn't stop with just what you say, but how you act and what you do. And I believe the world can detect that. You know how we might get by on that if we had more of the Lord? You got that song in there that I was talking to you about last week, more about Jesus. I'm wearing that guy today. He's going to be so glad when you get back up here to get me out from up here. He'll probably shout hallelujah. I will too. What we need is more of God, more of Jesus this morning. True members of Christ will serve him and will never give up on him. We prayed, Lord, I prayed, my prayer wasn't answered, no need to keep praying. That's not what the woman thought. She kept aggravating the king till he avenged her adversary. He never makes a mistake. We are in his presence this morning. I believe God is in this building because I believe there's people that brought him in here this morning. I believe his presence is in here today. There's an old song right there that Brother George has put up on the screen. I, bet, I, I, I will guarantee there's three or four of you in here this morning know that song. I'm not going to aggravate Sister D to come up here to play it, but I want us today, maybe in closing, I want us to try just to sing that. You might say, well, I don't know it. Well, you know the words there up there. When we as children of God can surrender ourselves to Him, and I'm not finished, but I'm going to quit. Wisdom's going to make me quit, I guess. When, when, when I can surrender myself more to God and be less dependent upon the world and the things of the world, then I will see more of God in my life. Sister Lisa, two people is not very much out of this congregation. You say, preacher, are you telling me that two people can do something the whole congregation can't? If they'll get together, they can. You better believe it. If we'll get together, we can. That lady over there doesn't have to be in that wheelchair. She doesn't have to be going, taking dialysis three times a week. The young man sitting back there in the back, Brother Barry, doesn't have to be taking dialysis three times a week. This man over here doesn't have to be hopping around like he is on a leg or two or something like that. That's not necessary. I don't get many amens. That is not necessary. We, we are too far below our privilege. Christ has made it possible for all of this to be done, for prayers to be answered in your family and in your family and your body. God has made it possible for these prayers to be answered. If we, if we can pull ourselves together to the point that self is crucified, and my favorite scripture, and you all know that is, Galatians 2 and 20, 
where Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. While we sing that, if there's anybody in here, if there's even one person in here, or two that wants a little more of Jesus, would you meet us at the altar? Would you stand?